And a good afternoon to you. It is Sunday. We are ready to go. John Scholes here, simply hosting all the brain powers on the other microphone. Lior Sanfiru here from employmentlawyer.ca. Want to reach out to Lior anytime when we're not doing the show. We always encourage you to call the firm, call one of his uh, his colleagues or Lior himself and get some answers. Don't sit there in bewilderment. Get the answers at one 821 5900 Anytime we're not doing this show. Email for today and any other time, answers at employmentlawyer.ca, answers at employment lawyer.ca but the phone lines are open all of them here at the station we always encourage you to call in live be that third voice get some answers there's no bad questions no dumb questions when it comes to your work life you need to know this stuff so grab a phone and give us a call let's get it happening 416-872-1010 again 416-872-1010 you can also send in your questions via text and that would be 71010 as well we have been uh, piling up the email for the last week or two so we want to get through a bunch of these Lior I know when we're uh, champing at the bit to get to those. But first, you want to talk about something off the uh, off the top of the show, as always, the week that was. What do you got going on, brother? I'm here ready to talk about employment law. But, of course, before that, to all the dads out there, happy ah, yes. Father's Day. You too, Johnny. Happy Father's Day. Why do we work? The only yeah. two in the city that are working. Idiots. Literally. Yeah. Well, why are we doing this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's okay. We're That's loyal, okay. man. We're loyal. We're loyal, and we want to talk about employment law. And But it is official now. I, I did get a uh, world's greatest dad mug. So I think everyone else is now in second place. That's me, world's greatest dad. So uh, thank you for that award. Uh, But right now we're here to talk about employment law because, you know, maybe you're a dad and, you know, you're enjoying your time on Father's Day, but tomorrow maybe you have to go back to work and you're kind of worried about something that happened, something that you know is coming up. You want to know what to do, what to say. If you have a workplace issue, what a good way to get that resolved right now live on the show call us you'll get on the air you'll talk to me i'll tell you what you need to know i'll explain the law i'll give you some advice so if you're ever struggling with the workplace issue a couple things call us on the show or of course you can always reach out to me in the office we'll keep giving you that contact information throughout the show you know wrongful dismissal constructive dismissal discrimination harassment if it's a workplace issue there's answers and solutions and uh to start off i'll tell you about a situation that i dealt with very recently so uh, a family friend of mine who had worked at a small uh, bike shop mm-hmm. uh, was recently let go after six years working there. You know, I, I don't think the shop was doing too well, and was uh, he was let go, and was uh, given six weeks of uh, severance, and that's it, nothing to sign. Just here's your check for six weeks. Off you go. So he con- he contacts me and known him for a long time. I said, no, no, you're probably owed right around six months of severance, not six weeks. So I wrote to this company and I say, hey, he's owed six months. You've wrongfully dismissed him by not giving that. Uh, pay him as soon as possible. I get an email back from the owner of the uh, of the bike shop saying, uh, Mr. Sanfiro, I think you're confused. We're a small business, two employees. Uh, we don't have to pay severance. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> probably you misunderstood. You may, you may have thought there were a much bigger business, but because we're such a small business, we don't have a big enough payroll to pay severance. So thank you. Uh, of course, no. that's not true. I said, please consult with the lawyer. Thankfully, he did. And a week later, we resolved this on the basis of six months severance. Easy peasy, no problem. Got it done. But this exact situation happens all the time. I've seen this hundreds of times. Uh, both employers and employees get this wrong. This idea, this concept that it's completely wrong 
that only big employers have to pay severance. The small employers don't have the same severance obligations. That's wrong. That's false. It's simply not the case. Whether you work for a company with one employee or 1,000 employees, you are owed severance. And that severance is going to be measured in months. And in fact, it could be as much as two years worth of severance. One employee, a thousand employee, or anything in between, yeah, you're absolutely owed severance. Nothing less than that is correct. Any other information is simply wrong, false. So if you work for a coffee shop or you're an executive, you're owed severance in the months, always give me a call if you lose that job, because chances are, big or small company, you're owed much more than what the company's offered. Yeah, it's an interesting example too because here's a here's a very obviously very small employer, and I mean it sounds like they're, they they weren't trying to skirt their obligation. They they legitimately didn't think at their size they didn't know severance. So it's always good, as you said, to consult a lawyer even before you let somebody go to that point to say, okay, coming down the pike, what am I in for? And it won't hit you like a buck of the water in the face because yeah, whether it's two employees or two thousand and two, it's the same thing, right? It is the same thing. And I think what this this uh, business owner did is he went on Google University, right? And yeah. uh, and he looked it up and he got, unfortunately, incorrect information or information that he misinterpreted uh, incorrectly. And thankfully, he did the right thing and he got legal advice. And the legal advice, of course, that he got is exactly what I said. Yeah, of course, you owe him severance. Absolutely. Six months is actually reasonable. Pay it up. And he did. So oftentimes, it's not that employers are trying to hurt employees or get away with something. They may not know any better. That's why if you're an employee, it's your job to make sure you stand up for your rights because your employer may not even know what those rights are. And always a good place to start is by giving me a call. You bet. And that number, as mentioned, anytime, uh, 1-855-821-5900. And in a lot of situations, you can find the answers at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now, I always encourage you to call this afternoon and get on air with us. And that is 416-872-1010. In that regard, uh, Rosemary, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Excellent. Thank you for your time. What's uh, what's your question or questions? Okay, so I'm a 35-year employee of a financial institution. I've been in my current management role for five and a half years. And a week ago, my senior manager verbally told me that they're in the process of changing my job and to give me a heads up that they are now going to mandate that every six months I do a different job in the bank for a minimum of four weeks. So I'm in audit, so now they want me to do the positions that I'm auditing, which A, I think is a conflict of interest because I could be auditing my own work. Can they fundamentally change my job description? I've asked for it in writing. They said they're working on it. What are my options? Can I refuse to sign, and can they do this? Great question. Excellent question. So at the end of the day, it comes down to how different the new job or the new jobs are from what you've been doing for the past number of years. If it's a significant change in terms of responsibilities, but also more in terms of uh, the level of position, you said you're in a, in, a, in a senior role. If it's a job that could be potentially seen as a demotion, well, that can be a constructive dismissal. That means that if they implement that, despite you saying no, you can consider that a termination of your employment and require them to pay you severance. For you, Rosemary, that severance would certainly be 24 months pay. You've been there for 35 years. Now, if it's a minor change, and again, I don't know what a minor change would be in the context of your job. If it's a minor change, they can they can do it. They can get away with it. 
So my best advice right now is this. Let's wait to see what that job description is. Once you have that, connect with me. Let's go over it together. Let me understand how that new job will differ from your current job. And at that point, I'll be able to tell you, yes, it's a constructive dismissal or no, it's not. Uh, but ultimately, whenever we're talking about significant changes to your job, that concept of constructive dismissal should, should immediately come to mind. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So once I have it in writing, I can reach out to you for uh, a review of it. Yeah. Please exactly. do. It's extremely important that you do because one of the things I want uh, you to remember is if you do this job for a while, you know, they say, okay, here's your new job and you do it you're going to be considered to have accepted it, and then you can't really go back. So we have to do this right uh, immediately. So as soon as you know in writing, here's what the job is, let's connect, go over it, and then uh, I'll be able to tell you specifically if it's a constructive dismissal. Okay, excellent. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rosemary. Appreciate your uh, time this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And to do exactly what Lior said, again, I'll give you the phone number, one 821 5900 But to send that over when you get it, answers at employmentlawyer.ca, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. You know, and it comes to mind, Lior, the follow-up question I always have for you, 35-year employer, she's obviously an, an outstanding employee, been there for over three decades, loves her job, probably graded her job. So, you know, she might she probably loves it. She's probably got a lot of colleagues and friends she's had for years there. It's it's the question I always send you, and that is, can she take it out for a little bit of a spin and see if the changes are okay, and if it's going to work with her lifestyle? Can't she do that without you know tucking in full time? Yeah, you know, especially if it's the type of change where it may not be obvious immediately how it's mm -hmm. going to impact her. The way she would do that is she would. Uh, tell her employer, employer I'm, I'm very concerned about this change. I'm concerned that this is not the, a proper role for me, but I'm willing to try it for the next number of weeks and see how it goes. And then I'll let you know if I'm comfortable with it. She puts that in writing. Okay. She, it has to be in writing and email works well. And that still allows her to do it for a few weeks and then still say constructive dismissal at that point if she wants to. But it's important to do it that way. If she simply says nothing and she does it, uh, continues working with a new role, she's going to be considered to have accepted it. So yes, you can try this change out, but you have to tell your employer in writing that that's what you're doing. Now, if she does it and says, ah, you know what, it, it's exactly what I thought it would be. It's not what I like. And she she claims constructive dismissal. That employer is still the same severance that they would have been initially. That doesn't change at all. They still have to pay the full thing, right? Yes, as long as their employer can't consider her to have accepted the change, and they can't, if she told them, I'm not accepting, I'm just trying it out, then yes, they're still going to owe her the full severance. And very important to remember, uh, the maximum severance that anyone can get usually is 24 months. For Rosemary, after 35 years or so, it's not even a debate there. She's going to get the maximum, that 24 months. So there's a lot at stake for her, and, and it's a lot at stake for anyone in that scenario. So she did the right thing, and if you're at home, and if you're facing a change in terms of employment, you have to be proactive about it, because there may be a lot of problems that can happen if you just accept it, continue working, and then try to deal with it. And with that, we'll take a short break, get back into it. You can do like Rosemary did. That's how fast and easy it is to get some answers here on a uh, Sunday afternoon, 416-872-1010. You can also text your questions to 71010. And uh, we'll continue on here at the Employment Law Show to reach out to Lior. You can do that as well, right? And that is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. Lots more of the Employment Law Show is coming up. Just and welcome back to the show. It is uh, 120. We are set to go with more of your phone calls. So bring them on, right? Come on in. Water's warm. 416-872-1010 if you have 
questions. We're ready to talk to you. Adam, thank you for uh, standing by for a couple of minutes there, pal. How are you? Good. How are you? Loving it. What's uh, what's your question? So I uh, work for an employer uh, here based in Toronto. They've um, I've been working for them for about two years, and uh, you know, so far it's, it's been fine. Paychecks are steady. Everything's fine. But the problem I'm having is they don't pay overtime. Now, every week I average, uh, let's say, 45, sometimes 55. I've done even 60-hour work weeks. Wow. Uh, I get paid weekly, but there's no overtime pay. So um, all my pay gets uh, just straight-time pay. Is there anything I can do about that? What kind of a job? What do you do, Adam? Uh, I'm a tradesman. So I work in the trades. It's sort of construction trades. We do a lot of new installations. So there is an exemption uh, for construction employees when it comes to overtime. Uh, unfortunately. So uh, usually overtime is paid over 44 hours a week. So anything over 44 would be time and a half. So it could be huge. But unfortunately for those in construction, uh, there's an exemption, which means that the only time you would get overtime pay is if you sign an employment agreement that requires your employer to pay it to you. Uh, Beyond that, it's there are allowed to pay you in straight time uh, because of that exemption for construction employees, unfortunately. Right. Okay. So I do have, I do remember signing an employment contract. I guess I would have to review that to see if there's anything, any note of uh, overtime pay. Exactly. Because if if there's a deal, if there's an agreement that say they will pay you overtime pay after X amount of hours, they have to comply with it. Doesn't matter, uh, you know, what exemptions apply. But unless that creates that obligation on your employer, they don't have to pay time and a half. They can pay straight hours. I see. Okay, so if I if I go through my employment contract and if it, if it makes no mention of overtime pay at all, would I be eligible then? No, unfortunately, you, you're only eligible if the agreement creates that obligation. If it's I if see. it's silent on the issue, then uh, straight time is all they would have to pay you. Again, only because you're in construction. Otherwise, it would be very different. Okay, I understand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate the call. And again, if you want to reach out and maybe have Lior look at that agreement, if it's uh, confusing, you can always do that. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But the phone number here, again, 416-872-1010. Ali, you are up next. How are you? I am okay. Thanks for taking my call. I you bet. What's up? Yeah. You hear me? Oh, yes. yeah. We got yeah, you. Go I, ahead. I, I work 15 years for a company and they sold to build condominium. Uh, I mean, tackled for any severance fee. So did you lose your job as part of this uh, sale? Yeah, everything, yeah, this whole company, so everything gone. Yes. Uh, how, how long ago did this happen? Uh, they, they, um, they ended this um, January, uh, December will be the last. So, uh, oh, sorry. So Decem- this December coming up is when you're going to lose your job? Yeah, everything, uh, yeah, we already been told the company sold. But right now you're still working, right? Yeah. So, and you were told your last day is going to be in December? Yeah. When did they tell you that you're done in December? Um, This week. This week, okay. So this week, so they gave you roughly, let's call it six months notice, and you've been there for 15 years? Yeah. Uh, And what kind of a job are you doing there, Ali? Uh, Hotel. Okay, so they would owe you at least another six months severance. So the six months notice that they gave you, so they told you this week that you're done in December. So they gave you about six months notice, but they owe you is about, let's say, 12 months severance. So it's 12 months less the six months notice. So yes, you would absolutely be owed severance, but only at the end of your employment. If you were to leave before, let's say you find a job next month and you leave, 
that's fine, but then they don't owe you any more severance. So they okay, would only owe you severance at the end in December if you haven't uh, left before then. Okay, thanks. So that's what I want to say. Thank you, Ali. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate the uh, the phone calls. Again, still lots of time for you to call in just like uh, Ali and uh, callers before him. That's uh, that's how you do it, 416-872-1010. Let me ask you this uh, text question we got. Again, the text number is 71010, guys, anytime you want to use it. It says, hello, I was wondering if uh, you're giving uh, info you're giving applies to New Brunswick as well. What do you think, Lior? So a lot of what we talk about would apply in New Brunswick and would apply in, in all provinces other than Quebec. But that said... There are going to be provincial differences in different provinces. So I can't guarantee you that everything you hear today on this show or on any show applies in New Brunswick. Best advice is if you're out of Ontario, or I can I can actually tell you that whatever we talk about applies in BC and Alberta for sure. But if you're outside of those three provinces, you do need to get advice locally in that province to know what your rights are. Again, we did uh, start off the day saying we're going to get through a ton of your email, and that is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Jordan's up first as guys for the past three years. My company has accommodated my medical restrictions by allowing me to work an afternoon shift rather than a night shift. A few weeks ago, Human Resources asked for an updated medical note, which I provided. The medical note confirms that I'm still required to work the afternoon shift. In response, the company is now demanding that I agree to an independent medical examination, an IME, to assess my need for accommodation. If I don't agree, I will be placed on unpaid suspension. Number one, can they do this? Number two, do I have to agree? No, no, no. This company really should be uh, doing what I was saying before, calling a lawyer for some legal advice before they do such nonsense. Well, let's be very clear here that a company cannot require you to go to see an independent independent medical doctor to have a, a medical exam. They have to listen to your doctor. So if your doctor, like in Jordan's case, says, hey, he needs to be accommodated. He can only work this type of shift, not that type of shift. Well, the company has to find a way to accommodate that. It doesn't mean uh, that it doesn't allow the company to say we don't uh, believe it. We we think another doctor may say something differently. They don't get to do that. They have to follow the doctor. And remember, a company has a very strict obligation to accommodate. And we know that this company presumably is able to accommodate. They've been doing this now for a while. So it's going to be very difficult for them to say, yeah, we had no problem doing this for three years, but now we can't all of a sudden. So if a company doesn't accommodate when they're required to, that's a human rights violation. And no, a company cannot put anyone on unpaid leave. That, that's that's not legal. So this company potentially would be terminating or constructively dismissing the employee, uh, uh, Jordan, by putting him on a leave. That's also a human rights violation. So illegal and Jordan needs to call me right away to deal with it. But important reminder for all our listeners there, get that doctor's note. If you can't work or if you are able to work but need accommodation, get that doctor's note. The company has to follow it. They can't tell you we don't believe it. They can't ask for specifics about your medical condition. They can't demand an independent medical exam. If the company won't follow your doctor, you give me a call. Now, the difference being if Jordan was off on disability through an insurance company, they can ask for an IME. That's a different story, right? Absolutely. So his insurance company, uh, whatever the insurer is, to the extent that they need to determine for sure if he qualifies for benefits, yes, they can require him to undergo another independent medical exam. But that's only to determine if he qualifies for disability benefit. That's very different than an employer uh demanding an examination to determine whether or not someone can be off work or should be accommodated. Your employer cannot demand a medical exam. Your insurance company may be able to do so. 
Let's get to Dever's email quick before he breaks his guy. He's been employed for about 19 years with the same chain of stores. I've been moved several different locations across TTA, Hamilton. When I was terminated, they said I only get three weeks because I spent the last three years at one of our stores in Toronto. Is this fair? I spent almost 20 years working for this business and feel that, uh, well, this might not be enough. Well, it's not even close to being enough. If the yeah. company itself is moving her from store to store, then there's continuity of employment, which means now if she's being let go, she's a 19 or 20-year employee, and she's owed severance like a 20-year employee, not just to account for the last few years. Can you imagine a company says, oh, let's move you to a different store, then a week later lets the person go and say, well, you just started with us, so we're not going to owe you any severance. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't avoid the law by transferring someone to a different location. I've seen this happen, by the way, several times when a company kind of tries to get away with it. So no, John, she has full credit for all her years with the company, despite moving around from location to location. More of your phone calls and texts are on the way. The text number 71010. We'll read those as we get them. And the phone number, we'll take those as we get them too. So feel free to give us a call and join the show. 416-872-1010. And the email address anytime is answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And don't forget that website. It's free. It's anonymous. You will have access to the severance calculator. Millions, I mean millions across this country have used it. And that would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And finally, as we get to a break here, one 855 2-1-5900 any time to reach the or we'll pick it up with lots more of the employment law show come right all righty welcome back thank you so much for sticking around with us love having you with us for the afternoon it is 135 john Scholes and of course employment lawyer lior samfiru is here samfiru to llp the most positively reviewed law firm in the country reaching out is simple as you always should if you have any just a hint of a question what's going on in your workplace don't uh, don't just sit there and, and and let it linger. Get some information. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. But here and now, you can call into the show. We'd love to get you on air asking your questions. Four one six eight seven two ten ten, and the text is seven ten ten. Real simple, and you can bring those on. Uh, we'll get to a text actually. Here it says Lior, I'm receiving a severance pay, uh, page. And it is ending uh, in August. I'm in Ontario. They gave me two years package continuance. That's nice. Uh, am I allowed to receive a EI and unemployment in September? I was working for 30 years. Please advise. Thank you so much. Yes, you can start getting uh, EI, uh, employment insurance benefits, once your severance package runs out. So absolutely, you can, as long as, of course, you haven't found another job and, and you're right. you're actively looking then you can get EI then. So uh, once that package runs out, then you make sure you, you're on top of it. Uh, waiting beyond too long uh, is, is potentially can compromise your ability to get EI. But yeah, you should have no problem getting it otherwise. Let's grab another email in between the phone calls and text answers at employmentlawyer.ca. It's uh, Brian up this time says, guys, my employer has been adding some roles to my regular duties against my wishes. Some are small, but others are more significant. I've asked for a raise to reflect these changes, but my request was shot down without discussion. Do I have an argument to claim constructive dismissal? Yeah, he absolutely might. You know, it really, as I was telling to to uh, Rosemary earlier that called us, is it really does depend on the type of changes that his employer is adding and, and more specifically how those changes impact him. So if it's, yes, they have, they've added some duties, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change much. He still starts at nine and finishes at five. Yeah. Okay. That company may be able to get away with it, but if it's a type of changes or, or, or new responsibilities, now he has to work longer hours, either start earlier or, or finish later. Well, no, that that's that big deal. They've essentially changed the hours of work. That could be a constructive dismissal. 
or if those new responsibilities could be considered somehow demeaning or embarrassing, a demotion, then again, we're talking constructive dismissal. So it's not necessarily every time the company changes or adds to your rules that it's a constructive dismissal. It's a question of how does this impact you? If it is a significant impact, yeah, constructive dismissal is an op option. So of course, devil's in the details. So I would say, connect with me. Let's go over it in, in, in detail and determine whether what the company's doing is legal or not. Does that work in reverse? You mentioned, you know, taking away duties and being, you know, me, it, you'll look, uh, it'll be a little demeaning in the workplace. So maybe you're getting the same money, but it's like, no, we're taking responsibility away from you. Most people say, great, less work, same pay. But some people don't want that, do they? Well, it really can be embarrassing. So, I'll, yeah. you know, if you're someone that has managerial responsibilities and they're saying, we're going to strip you of those responsibilities, we're going to keep the pay the same, but we're going to strip you of those responsibilities. Well, you know, it, it's going to reflect on you in the workplace. Your colleagues are going to know that. You're going to come in all of a sudden, you know, it changes your stature in the workplace. It's, it's going to be difficult to continue working. So that could be a constructive dismissal as well. Absolutely. Even though you're potentially doing less work for the same amount of money, but if it's a demotion, if it's embarrassing, if it could even hurt your future career prospects, then yeah, definitely a constructive dismissal can happen in that situation. Again, call in with these questions, 416-872-1010 to get on air with us. And 71010 is the uh, text number as well. Jennifer, up next, her email. Thank you, Jennifer, ahead of time for this. As I've uh, been employed with my employer for 15 years, I've held different positions through my years of service with the company, but I've never had to sign a written employment agreement with the company. Last month, my employer asked me if I would like to transfer to a different department and asked me to sign a written employment agreement this time. I was told that I have to sign the agreement in order to work in the new position and that this is, quote unquote, standard protocol. I'm concerned about this agreement. What are my rights here? Do I have to sign this contract? Well, she's very right to be concerned yeah. because it's never a good news. And, and I know that our regular listeners have heard me say that if your employer wants you to sign a brand new employment agreement, it's not good news, full stop. It is bad. It's, it's always going to have terms in there that are not favorable to you, terms that limit your severance, terms that give the company the right to make changes, terms that allow the company to put you on a temporary layoff. None of those things can a company do unless you sign an employment agreement that gives them the power to do it. So in her situation, uh, if the company says the only way you're going to move to a different department is if you sign this employment agreement, well, the answer should be, well, then I'm not going to move to that department. Yeah. Uh, or at the minimum, at a minimum, she needs to send me the agreement so we can talk about what it exactly says. It may be better to, to kind of stay where you are and not sign an agreement that's going to cost you tens and tens of thousands of dollars at some, at some point. So they can't force you. Uh, but what they can say is, sure, you don't have to sign the agreement, but then at that point, we're not going to move you to the other department. That may be better off than to give up your rights completely just to go work somewhere in a different department. But I'm always happy to look at that employment agreement to tell you if it's really as bad as I think it is. In 99% of the cases, it is going to be that bad, but I'm happy to take a look at it and go over it uh, in detail. Is there also the chance that even if you know it looks bad on the surface, you may dissect it enough to realize that this thing I don't know where they got this employment agreement, but this thing won't hold water if it comes down to it anyway. It's not drafted correctly. Is that possible? It's possible. You know, I, I take a conservative approach. And what I mean yeah. by that is I never want someone to sign an employment agreement on the basis that, yes, we'll just be able to get out of it later. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, it's not responsible to do it that way. But 
there are certain times where the agreement is just so badly written that I'm just going to say, you know what, who cares? You know, for example, uh, I, I've seen employment agreements that are clearly templates from the United States saying uh, your employment is at will, uh, which is a term that doesn't even exist in Canada. That's a, an American term that essentially says we could do whatever the heck we want. doesn't yeah. exist here. So if your employer wants you to sign an agreement that says you're at, uh, at will employment, I don't really care. That's not going to be worth the paper it's written on. But in most cases, I, I, I don't want you to sign something just because we we have a way to maybe get out, out of it later on. I, I would rather, if we're not happy with what it says, not to sign it. Again, Jennifer, when you get it, uh, send it along, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Daryl's up next. Is, guys, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 12-week severance after four and a half years with the company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer, the company will refuse to pay me the 12 weeks. Don't you dare. Do I have to accept the offer? Well, the company doesn't get to refuse or not refuse. It's a legal obligation, right? Just like a company can't say, we're going to refuse to pay you a minimum wage. You know, there's laws in place that says you have to. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to refuse to pay you vacation pay. Well, you don't get to refuse or it's not your decision. A company only gets to refuse something when it's their call to make. So if the company was offering him more severance than he's legally owed, they can say, well, we're not going to pay you this amazing severance because we don't have to. So we're only going to pay it in certain situations. But he's owed more than 12 weeks. He's probably owed six months severance after four plus years of employment. So the company's offering him half roughly of what he's owed. And they're saying, we're not going to even pay you this terrible offer uh, if you speak to a lawyer. Well, you understand why that doesn't work. And what's my favorite example, John? It's the example that I talk about. If I owe you $100 and I say, here's what I'm going to do, Johnny. I'm going to pay you 50 bucks. But if you hire a lawyer, I'm not even going to pay you the 50 bucks. Well, you'll think I'm a pretty big jerk, right? And you'll think that that this doesn't make sense because I actually owe you 100. Well, that's what this employer is doing here. They're saying, we're only going to pay you half of what we owe you. But if we hire a lawyer, we're not even going to pay that. Guess what? It doesn't work that way. Once I get involved, they will not pay the half. They'll pay the full amount because that's what they're legally required. So don't worry about a company using these bully tactics. Uh, It just doesn't work. And as you say, you take your time with this. It's like you have two years to, to pursue a you know, business with you, but and there's always that panic. Get it done now, get it down now. We won't give it to you unless you give it up back to us now and agree, right? Exactly. And and that deadline, of course, you know, another pressure tactic. So one pressure tactic is you better sign this, you're not gonna get it. Another pressure tactic is you better sign this by the deadline. Well, guess what? That deadline is meaningless. Your rights don't expire Tuesday at five. Uh, you have up to as John said, up to two years to pursue your rights. So Take your time, take a deep breath, understand what the offer is, you know, go to our severance calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, give me a call, do the right thing, and don't worry about that deadline at all. Daryl, thanks, pal, for the email. Continue on with that phone call afterwards. And for you, you still have time to call the station directly and talk to us. we still got some time left, 416-872-1010. Or your texts are 71010 as well. And back to our email, that address, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We continue with more of the Employment Law Show. You betcha we're back. It's uh, just about 10 to 2 here on your Sunday afternoon. We'll continue with Employment Law, the number to call into the station. Still got some time. Bring it on. Love talking to you. 416 872 
71010 or text 71010 as well. The email address we always use on every show during and after the show, you can use the same one, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And then reaching out to Lior and his uh, staff is great too. You want to have that private conversation outside this hour, one 821 5900 is how you make that happen. Okay, Dana is up next, guys. Down the list of emails says, I have been off on a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What do I do? So certainly, let's be very clear that everyone has a right to be treated properly, not to be bullied, harassed. That That's a fundamental and a very basic right that we all have. So the, the problem here is this. I mean, she certainly doesn't have to go back to work, of course. She, she can decide not to and, and, and leave, and that's fine. But if she wants to have to be compensated, she would need to show that uh, something happened in the workplace, that she was bullied or mistreated. But even then... I would want to be able to say, well, you know, we, we know this continued once she came back. So my best advice here would be this, go back to work. And if you're treated well, no problem. Life's good. You don't have to worry about it. But if you're not treated well, then let's start documenting that. Let's let's have a, a log or a journal. We write down what happened. Even better, if someone says something that's inappropriate, send them back an email confirming that. Create that record, that proof, maybe even record something. Right. Because then if you can show uh, I wasn't treated properly, well, that's a constructive dismissal. Uh, you're owed severance. And if you were not treated properly because you were off sick, well, that could be a human rights violation as well. So remember, the company is never going to admit that they mistreated you, right? They're never going to say, yes, we we really uh, did her wrong. So it's up to you to be able to show it, to prove it. You don't necessarily want it to be a he said, she said type of a scenario. So Let's go back to work. And, and you should know very quickly if things are going to be good or not. And if they're good, that's the best case scenario. But if they're not, let's document it. And then we're ready to do something about it. Let's get to Bill's email up next. Thanks, Bill. Ahead of time says, I've been working for my employer for the last year. I'm considered part-time, but I work 30, 35 hours a week. I think they'd be letting me go. Do I lose my severance because I'm not full-time? Excellent question. And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Full-time, part-time, whether you work one hour a week or 100 hours a week, yes, you, of course, get severance. Now, your severance is calculated based on your income. So if you're owed, I don't know, 10 months severance, then we're going to look at your average income, and that's the figure we're going to use to to calculate what 10 months worth is for you. So if you work 30 hours a week, then we'll calculate what that comes to and then what that comes to in a month, and then you'll get your severance. But it doesn't matter. A lot of people think for some reason that just because you're part-time or maybe you're even casual that you don't get severance. Of course, that's wrong. You get severance if you're an employee. I always say it's very simple. If you're working and you lost that job, you get severance. How the, What the company calls you and how you're considered, none of that's going to ultimately matter. If you had a job and you lost it, you get severance. And there's also confusion, right? Every time we talk about, you know, someone getting severance, whether they're salaried or whether they're hourly paid. Some people on salary think the, the, the mechanism's not the same, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, it's very easy if you're on a, on a fixed salary and you that's all you make and you know exactly, it's very easy to calculate your severance, right? We're going to, the, the math is very, very, very simple. We'll have to look at your monthly yearning or even your T4 and we know exactly. But if you have other components of your compensation, you have a wage, you have a commission, you have a bonus, you have a car yeah. allowance, and, and all these things. So it's not just your salary. Well, then, 
again, it's not even that complicated. We'll simply look at what you normally earn because all components of your compensation have to be included in your severance. It's not just your salary. It's everything, including your benefits, including your pension contributions, RRSP contributions. So we'll look at all that and all that has to be properly addressed. And you know, John, because we've talked about this, that oftentimes an employer may get the number of months correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they say, yeah, we know we owe you 12 months severance and that's fine. But what they don't do is they don't include all components of compensation. They just include salary. And then, well, what about my benefits? What about my bonus? What about everything else? So those have to be accounted for. That's why it's so, so, so important to get legal advice if and when you lose your job. Well, as you said before, you have to be made whole for the purpose of the severance period. It's all components, basically, is what you got to look at, right? So, A, a different can, way to put it, by the way, is to yeah. simply ask yourself, hey, would I have received it had I continued working? Yeah. And if the answer is I would have, then you have to get it as part of your severance. Gotcha. Ron, you're up next. Thanks for the email, pals. This guy's been struggling with a drinking problem over the last year. I think my employer is starting to suspect that there is something wrong, and I'm afraid they may let me go because of it. If I am let go, is there anything that I can do? So, you know, it's it's interesting. And, and you know, what I'm going to say here may not be intuitive. Uh, a drinking problem, if you're actually suffering from alcoholism, that's considered a disability, right? And your employer cannot let you go because you have a disability. So what does that mean? That means that if your employer is aware that, that you're suffering from alcoholism, they can't fire you because of that. Okay, they cannot. That would be a human rights violation. On the other hand, if they don't know that, they think maybe you're just being irresponsible, you're drinking too much, well, they can fire you for that and potentially not even have to pay you any severance. So that's why I say if you are struggling with alcoholism, either let your employer know or or tell your doctor and, and have your doctor give you time off work, okay, for medical reasons. So you don't necessarily have to tell your employer you have alcoholism, but what you can tell your employer is, I can't work for medical reasons, here's a doctor's note. You shouldn't be working if you're not able to work safely. But I I always think it's a bad idea to try to continue working and not tell your employer because your employer may just think that you're not doing, uh, you're you're not making responsible decisions. Mm -hmm. And that is a very bad situation to be in. Let's get to Elizabeth's email as well. Their last couple minutes here says, guys, worked. uh, I've had to have two surgeries over the last 10 months and had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I've exhausted all my leave days, my sick days, and I can't take any more time off. What happens if I need to miss more work for medical reasons? Think how absurd that is. Uh, Her employer is saying to Liz, you're not allowed to be sick anymore. Uh, You better take all your vitamins and, and, you know, better, uh, you know, make sure that uh, you go to sleep on time because you're not allowed to be sick. Well, that's absurd. If she's unable to work, of course she she can be off work. It doesn't matter how many sick days she has. Now, let's say she has 10 sick days and she used those up. That means that she's not going to get paid by her employer if she's taking more than 10 days. Uh, But that doesn't mean that she can't be off work. She can be off work for 100 days, for 1,000 days, you know, if that's what's needed and the employer can't do anything about it. She may get paid from EI. She also may get paid through a a disability insurance uh, company if there's a a plan like that through her benefits. But one has nothing to do with the, uh, the other. So you can be off as long as you need to. The only thing you need to be off for medical reason is a doctor's note saying you cannot work for health reasons. There's no time limit on that. 
It doesn't end uh, just because the company wants it. It doesn't end arbitrarily. It ends when your doctor says you're able to come back to work. If your employer does anything other than welcome you back uh, then uh, and put you back in your same job, you have to give me a call. You think employers around the world would have learned that one over the last three years, right? Yeah, you're not allowed to get sick. Yeah, too <laughs> bad. You know, no, yeah. but it doesn't work that way. And yeah. we're going to punish someone for being sick doesn't work that way. Uh, it doesn't work that way logically, but it also doesn't work that way from a legal standpoint, of course. We are done. You can reach out now on your own time. Encouraged to do so always before you make any move in the workplace. one 821 5900 to reach Lee or email address. We always go to answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, it's free. It's anonymous. It's built to make you smarter. And you can use it anytime you would like. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And you'll have access to the severance calculator rolled into that as well. Thanks so much for your uh, text and your phone calls this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. And we'll catch you in a week right here on the Employment Law Show.